Welcome to the Behind the Bits podcast. Your host, Scott Curtis, wants to learn everything he can about stand-up comedy and take you along for the ride. Scott and his guests talk serious about comedy in every episode. Behind the Bits will uncover knowledge from different perspectives on subjects such as writing and performing stand-up comedy, as well as booking shows and the comedy life. If you're thinking about becoming a stand-up comic, already in the comic game, or a comedy nerd, Behind the Bits is the show for you. Now, let's get Behind the Bits. Hey, BTB buddies, it's me, Scott, and I am looking for all the coolest independent podcasts, and guess what? I found one called Silicon Angels, and I'm not going to tell you about it. I'm going to let the creators of Silicon Angels tell you about it because I actually liked it so much that I hunted them down. I trolled them on Facebook and made them do a quick interview with me. So I've got Zach Wiseman and Dylan Terry with me, the creators of Silicon Angels. How are you guys doing? Oh, doing very well. How are you? Great, great. Doing great. I tell you what, I found I found your podcast and I am looking for these independent podcasts to listen to when I'm I do a three and a half mile run every day and I have decided you, you guys know when you do a podcast that you forget to listen to anybody else's podcast because you're putting all your creative energy into yours. So I wanted to make a, an effort to do that. So instead of listening to uh, my Judas Priest and Iron Maiden while I'm running. I am listening to podcasts like yours. And I've been listening to a lot of interview podcasts. I've been listening to a lot of shoot the shit type podcasts. Mm -hmm. And I was really looking for something that was, it, it was a fiction podcast that was serialized. And somehow I happened on Silicon Angels, and I'm like four episodes in, and the thing is not. <laughs> so, okay, hey, all right. Can you guys give me a synopsis of what it's about? Yeah. Yes. So Silicon Angels is a science fiction comedy podcast presented as if it is discovered audio logs by a character named Simon Vanderbland, who's kind of a recluse. He's a nerd. He found a secondhand PC from a friend who runs an electronics store. And in there, he found tech logs, tech support calls from a company named Silicon Angels. It seems to be a specialized robotics manufacturer and service provider. And... The initial thrust of the podcast is that this is just him finding out what the creation of these logs entailed. And then as the podcast continues, there becomes a sinister underplot and uh, sort of we follow the tech, the uh, actual technicians, and it gives each of them a storyline through that is set against the backdrop of this company that nobody has any record of existing, but very clearly existed in a large scale at some point. Yeah. That's and, perfect, yeah. And, and the product of the company, Silicon Angels, isn't really it, – it's hinted at in the first couple episodes. Mm -hmm. And you, you can draw your own conclusions. <laughs> uh, I'm on the fourth one now. By, by that one, you know what it is. And mm -hmm. so what's, what's the product? It, it is sex robots. Yeah, it's, it, the majority of the calls are customers of a sex robot company that have – specialized issues with something and think that an IT person can help. So yeah. it is all just the logs of an IT mm -hmm. person trying to deal with humans that are trying to deal with a computer. 
Yeah, it, it's really good. It's funny, but I can tell there's a lot of writing going into it. So what did you guys do to – how did you brainstorm this, and what did you do to put this together? Because you obviously – this is obviously scripted, and it's it, there's obviously a lot of work to go into it because when you think about doing a 30-minute podcast and – like you're doing radio, that's, what is that, 4,000, 5,000 words per? Well, so it, the idea came about when Zach approached me one day at our day job, and he asked me, what do you think the help, what do you think the help desk for a sex robot company sounds? What kind of issues do you think people call in for? And I'm like, I got no idea, but it sounds like, <laughs> sounds like something we can expand on. And then we had the idea to turn it into like a near future sci-fi concept. What if it's Beyond what our capabilities are now to the point where robotics are semi-autonomous. Uh-huh. And then we used it as a way to examine some relationship issues, some education issues, some anatomy stuff. Interesting, the scripts are actually, when we were coming up with episode concepts, we would think what kind of calls might be funny for this particular episode. Later in the show, we have one where it's like, what if a magician sawed one in half and he loses the lower half? What if someone thinks that theirs has a missing piece? And that became like a very classic kind of joke that people tend to throw about. And then we would have, I call them touchstone scripts. The entire show is not actually scripted out word for word. Okay. Um, A lot of the scripts are one or two pages and they will have the intro and the outro and certain lines that we know that we want people to hit. Mm -hmm. Like they'll be in bold or something. And then for most of it, there will be bullet points or specific lines that we want people to circle back around to. But for the most part, our voice actors are improvising a lot of these calls. Outside of the intro, outside of the outro, and outside of the technical stuff, Mm -hmm. a lot of the actual conversations are improv. And we've been incredibly fortunate to find people who are skilled enough to take what we put down on the page and spin that out into a five to ten minute fake phone call. Oh, yeah. It's really good. And I was really impressed by – I dove into the first episode – and I was really impressed by the way that drew me in. Even though it didn't give me the full story, it drew me in enough. I'm like, okay, I got to find out what this is all about. And then I went to the second <laughs> one. And kept going. So you did create the tension enough that it kept me going. So I was really impressed with that. How many voice actors do you have? So in our roster, we have 18 people, including me and Dylan. Dylan is actually Simon. He's the one who comes across all of the information. <clears throat> But yeah, between us, we have uh, 18 people. So we do uh, two recordings a week, and then we see, hey, who can show up to this recording? And then with those groups, Dylan and I come up with ideas. And then like Dylan says, he puts together one of these touchstone scripts, and then we present them to our actors. Hey, who thinks that this is worth diving into or seeing what what the results of this is? And then we'll take two or three takes of each call and then uh, really examine, hey, this mm-hmm. is the joke that we're trying to achieve. How do we get there through technical support? And yeah. so a lot of it comes through in Zach's editing. Like I handle a lot of the initial writing and like conceptualization. And then Zach handles a lot of the production aspects. So he's the guy who has to comb through all of our chatter, all of our stops and starts, all of our dead air, and really assemble these calls into something that you're going to hear on the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is getting cool. And the thing is, since we have so many actors and we don't really know who can show up to a recording, we actually have about six shows that are going on at one time uh, that we produce and keep doing. So we have multiple shows. So we'll get there and say, okay, guys, we have uh, four scripts for Silicon Angels. We have uh, two ideas for this podcast. We have two ideas for this magic show that we're working on. And we have our TV show on Sundays. Uh, so we need a, a couple ideas for that. Yeah, it's a very big kind of group effort that uh, mm-hmm. me and Dylan try to corral. Yeah. 
it's so cool to find stuff like this and see the people who are behind it because everybody that does a podcast really wants to do something that is art. They want to do something that is consumable, that inspires people, that entertains people or something like that. And man, there are so many of them. There's a lot of shitty ones out there. I <laughs> Trust me, I found them. I, I don't search out the purveyors of the shitty stuff. I, 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 only, do, I only do the good stuff. And you, yeah. you got about 10 minutes to get me, and you guys got me. So huh? I, I applaud you for that. Um, hey, thank you. You cool. know, one of my favorite... One of my favorite ones and what I've listened so far, I've been in the IT world for a long time, and the, the dude with his password and space, <laughs> password, I I don't know how you came up with that, but that is so real. <laughs> uh, it, it's scary, and it, it actually brought up, like, PSTD stuff for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, perfect. Excellent. Yeah, we actually we interviewed a couple people that worked in the IT department. Like, hey, mm-hmm. what are some of the annoying things that only really IT people would know? And then we put that into what is the robot joke we're trying to make? And then we tried to get the overall story arc of what the IT the the tech themselves is trying to get to. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty elaborate the way that Dylan wove these stories and scripts together. But yeah, it, it worked out really well, and we definitely wanted we wanted to make sure that we weren't just a chatterbox kind of podcast. Yeah. Which, you know, is hard to do. So the people that can do it well, are, ah, that's successful and that's great. But we wanted to show that we were creators of content mm-hmm. and trying to build worlds. So that was one of the real main focuses for Silicon Angels would be a pushing thing mm-hmm. for us to do. I, I have a writing degree. So when Zach approached me about the idea of starting like a podcasting group, I was like, we could do one. Like we both like movies. We both are like fine. Like we could do like a roundtable, just unstructured discussion thing. And then he hit me with the idea about that. And I go, I... Let's do like a radio drama, but presented by tech support calls because it's a format that is uniquely suited to podcasting. Yeah. 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 We wanted to find, we wanted to find things that were audio specific and maximize that thing. And I recently moved to Colorado, which is where I met Dylan, but I lived back on the East Coast and I did a lot of stand up comedy in Philadelphia and uh, DC and stuff. So I was learning and trying to create these stories or things that I could talk about instead of just telling one line jokes. So then when I met Dylan and his really interesting way of, of creating stories and structuring my wild ideas into something that can be told, it, it worked out very well. And Silicon Angels is the crux of that. When I told Zach that I had a degree in creative writing with a minor in film studies, he looks at me and goes, okay, you're exactly who I need. And I'm like, yeah. oh. all right. Oh, no doubt, because a stand-up comic is so great with coming up with the punchline. Mm-hmm. They need somebody to write all the other stuff. So. Yeah. yeah. And that's what it is. That partnership has been working so well. Yeah, I go to Dylan every single morning. I text him like 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, what about this guy and, and this robot and, and this thing? Mm-hmm. And then they attract each other, and he goes, okay, I'll have these scripts to you by noon. I'm like, oh, that's so great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then we corral some people like, hey, we have these ideas. Can, who can come over and record this real fast? And then we try to you know, get, get a regular. We have four or five people who consistently show up and are willing to give us their voice very regularly, partially because they are voice actors, partially because they've been musical theater people, partially because they've taken classes where they are doing acting. And so we cast them as the techs, partially because they are reliable, because they show up, and partially because they have the ability, they have voices. So not only can they give each tech a voice, but they are also there if we need to fill in a caller. It would be. It might be surprising sometimes, but like Harry the Tech is also like Wilford the old man from the first few episodes. Yeah, and also fills in 
I think Harrison's been on every episode at least two or three times with different voices. Yeah, Harrison's probably 20 characters in that show throughout yeah. the whole season. So I think I counted um, out, and it comes out to about 15 or so voices he does yeah, for the entire yeah. – across the span of the show. He's talented. But they also see that what me and Dylan are trying to do – like we came to them early on and said, hey, we have these ideas. Uh, we want to put together this podcast, go to a YouTube thing, create a show – and that's our development and then get to a production company, which is what we're trying to get to now. So we do have a couple of things in works for when we can get to producing things visually. And then obviously through IBM TV with giving us a talk show called Talking Upstream, it's been really cool being able to develop and have people see us develop our stories and watch that too. So yeah, it's been a pretty good journey so far. Yeah, you guys are, it's great stuff. Like I said, you hooked me immediately and I was... I think I listened to the first four episodes just about back to back. So two of them, two of them on my run, and then another two when I was actually supposed to be working. So all right, glad so, to hear. That's it, cool. Yeah, right on. I'm in it now. It's, it's like Twin Peaks for me. I got to finish it up. So yeah, oh. there's two oh, two more ep- two more episodes, and then I we're done. The comparison. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh boy, Twin Peaks. That's great. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, it's getting to the point where I'm starting to look for certain tech support people to show up because you, I'm getting into their life a little bit and they're pretty- <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So oh, that's cool. A great job. Oh man. Right on. Where can, that. Uh, where can folks find Silicon Angels on the net and on all the podcast apps? So we are on every podcast app that is available. We're on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, iTunes, we're on Spotify. But you can find everything that we do on our website, which is somenobodies.com. Um, that's where we have all of our audio, all of our videos, all of our current projects, and ones we're coming up with as well. So everywhere, Silicon Angels, if you Google it, you'll probably find it, uh, or just somenobodies.com. That's the easiest way to find everything. Okay, great. Thanks so much for uh, letting me stalk you and have you on the show because uh, you've got something good here. and. I'm definitely going to keep tuning in. And, I, and All right. people who listen to my show, I think, are the type that would really like your show. So ho- hopefully we'll get you some new listeners there. Appreciate oh, that. Yeah, yeah, really. Right on. Thank you, Scott. It was great, it was great meeting, you, meeting you, Zach and Dylan. Good yeah, thank you. you. I appreciate it. All right. We're live on Facebook and YouTube. It's a Behind the Bits podcast, and I'm here with Kyle Ruff from the Steamboat Comedy. Um, Steamboat, yeah. Steamboat is actually a city in Colorado. Yeah, it's uh, it's Steamboat Springs. Yeah, Steamboat yeah. Is, that, is that a ski town? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, definitely a ski okay. town. It's uh, way up um, it's at Northwest Colorado. So you you leave Denver, you drive northwest for about three hours, and then you end up in a little valley with a ski hill and okay. a bunch of rednecks. <laughs> Well, that's cool. Um, so I found you by uh, one of the things I'm doing is looking for independent podcasts that um, they don't have to center around comedy, but I, I kind of look at the comedy ones. And I sure. found yours because um, you, we had a mutual guest, Mark Masters. Uh, he was one of my first guests. and I think he was one of your first guests. And I just mm-hmm. started listening. And it seems like you guys got a really cool scene going on there. And I guess we decided to interview each other um, because uh, I think you're like me. I never get to talk about myself on my podcast uh, because they go too long, and I don't want to. I don't want to start talking about myself. I just like to let the guests talk. So if we if we talk to each other, maybe we'll uh, our listeners will get to know a little bit about each other. Yeah, sounds good. I did. Um, 
I did do one episode that kind of focused on me. It was funny. Our uh, um, Miles Sanchez, one of the other Steamboat comics, early on, I think it's probably like episode five or something like that. He's like, hey, I think uh, we should do maybe just podcasts where we like feature each one of us. And I was mm. like, okay, sounds good. And he goes, you go first. I was like, oh, <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so there is, there's one episode that's kind of about me, but just for the sake of us getting to know each other, we can kind of talk a little more about it. And yeah. I can kind of fill you in um, on the steamboat comedy scene. Cause it's been kind of a cool thing that, uh, that I'm linked with. I'm trying to adjust my shirt so you can see my, my yeah. logo. There it is. Yeah, it's 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 really neat, and I I like the website, and I like what you're doing there, and especially for you know a fairly small town, you guys got quite a scene going there, so that's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, it's where I mean, like I said, we're kind of like in the in the middle of nowhere. I was talking to you about where the steamboat is, uh, but there is a lot of uh, really eager comics out of Denver. Mm. Um, so not only we found that there's a lot of people just like in this small town that are pretty talented and we put together shows with, but, uh, there's a lot of really talented, experienced comedians in Denver that are really looking for like, uh, chances to get showcased and stuff. So we, a lot of times we'll put together shows here with a lot of local talent and then I'll call up somebody that I know is like on the verge maybe of being a headliner in Denver and uh, mm. is willing to make the trip up and I don't have to pay him anything. <laughs> and then yeah. they come up and we do a show here or I pay him very little. I give him basically, I give him a ski pass and that's usually good enough. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's been great. This little scene um, all started off of a, a Facebook post. Uh, our buddy Don Mazuko who's on some of the earlier episodes him and Brittany Kohler's or uh yeah Brittany Joe Kohler I guess I don't know exactly how she likes to go by but Brittany <laughs> everyone in Steamboat knows Brittany to say crazy Brittany she's everywhere and uh they got together and they're like you know this could be fun and they put out a Facebook post and uh myself and a couple other people had done comedy once or twice before so we're like let's do it and we crashed an open mic uh like a music open mic and uh-huh. it was a great turnout it went really well and um then like a bunch of assholes uh we decided to just start like booking venues and doing comedy shows with a bunch of us who have all done comedy like three times and uh it went pretty well (laughs) (laughs) and uh, and there's kind of some ups and downs there if you uh in the steamboat comedy podcast the first probably I don't know, eight episodes or so are kind of us going through the journey of how we got started and like our first show we did on Valentine's Day was a big success. And then mm-hmm. we turned around and just booked another show a month later for St. Patrick's Day. And that was kind of a uh, shit show. And then uh, it's been kind of been some ups and downs. And then we've been uh, networking with some other people, uh, brought in some comics from New York and like I said, from Denver, from Chicago. Um and we're just trying to keep building this scene and make it kind of like a destination uh, comedy scene. Um, Cause we're, what we're trying to, or what we're starting to find out is that a lot of comedians like to go skiing. And yeah. so <laughs> I'll be like a lot of these guys, cause we all, myself included and a lot of the other comics, a lot of people just in town here work mm-hmm. at a ski resort. And so we get kind of like hookups and stuff. Like I get cheap lift tickets. And mm-hmm. so I'll tell a guy like, Hey, I can't really pay you for a gig, but uh I'll buy you a plane ticket and I'll buy you a couple of days worth of lift tickets. And then my roommate will get you free rentals. What do you say about that? And they're like, 
awesome, let's do it. And then they come out and do a comedy show. They get like, you know, a thousand dollars worth of uh, vacation. And I only have to pay them, you know, 20% of that. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to trying to like build this kind of like symbiotic relationship between us and the mountain and uh, other comedians. So, so that's far really, it's been going great. That's really cool. And it's, you know, one of the things I've noticed uh, following comedy is Denver's kind of becoming uh, like LA and New York junior. Uh, oh, I yeah. mean, so many comics coming out of Denver and that scene is getting to be where, you know, it's tough to get mic time now because, oh, yeah. because there's so many that, that are, uh, in line for it. So, you know, having, having an alternative that isn't, you know, several States away is uh really nice to be doing in your town. Yeah, it's true. We've, we've gone down and done, uh, some open mics down in Denver and had some good experiences and in Boulder too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it's definitely, I mean, the whole medium is growing, but Denver as a scene, especially Denver, Denver as a city, just in general has been blown yeah. up in the last 20 years or so. If you, you go to the airport out there and you just look around and there's just like vast fields with just like cookie cutter houses that you can tell they're like oh shit there's too many people they just started like you know yep. cramping out houses in a row and everyone's moving into them it's, yeah it's, the whole town is just insane but yeah uh, yeah the comedy scene it's it's definitely the biggest in this time zone mm. i would say you know what i mean it's kind of like new york chicago denver la yeah um and uh, i'm excited to try to keep getting down there and uh doing more spots i'm We've been trying to network a little bit with some comedians. We're kind of getting our brand out there. Um, I was there was a lot of good moves happening before, of course, uh, the Rona took over and mm. that kind of slowed things down. But uh, we got our foot in the door with that scene where we can kind of, you know, have good opportunities for ourselves and for Denver comedians. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really great that you've got a group of you guys working together to uh, put these shows on, and uh, not one a single person has to take on the whole weight of it. Uh, we, I've got a group of young people up here by me that are doing that. And it's, it's really great because, uh, first of all, uh, everybody brings something else to the table. Uh, so, you know, somebody may be better at planning and somebody may be better at art and somebody may be better at, uh, the, uh, um, what, whatever you do to, get stuff out there the the media yeah yeah, the Mm. promotion stuff so it's 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 nice to get a group of people together um as long as you can still get along (laughs) you know yeah yeah that's the tricky part sometimes yeah we've had relatively little drama in the uh the comedy club here so that's good but now we've got uh one of our regulars on the scene guy named mac really funny guy he's a really good graphic designer and he does a lot of our posters here i'll show you i got a bunch of posters on the wall check this guy out so that's one he did for us oh yeah uh, that's desperation day yeah and he did that all by hand and then here's another one that's our buddy uh cory david from denver he did that one himself um so yeah it's pretty cool and then like you know the local bar they did what this one over here very nice uh so yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. We're uh, we're really lucky to have a lot of talented people who are all kind of willing to help out. You know, mm-hmm. I I do most of the heavy lifting from a uh, uh, an organizing standpoint and yeah. like trying to get funds and you know figure out what to do with like 
when we do make any money, which is basically never like what we do with our change to try to bribe yeah. people to come back and stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's a great group of people we got here. A great group of uh, of regulars um, who come out all the time, uh, and we're, you know, we were we were doing nothing but growing mm-hmm. up until obviously all of the uh, uh, and the world came to an end. But um, yeah. we're if we ever get out of this, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna hope that we keep on that same momentum. You know. Yeah. If uh, if people can just uh, stay in the house for a while, we'll get over it. But uh, yeah, I guess they find don't your goddamn it. masks. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a couple new ones today because I lost one, and I need I need a giant mask because I have a giant head. So uh, I, I have to get them ordered special. I just got a couple new ones today, so I'm happy about that. Yeah, you're a big ass dude. Didn't I hear that on the other podcast? Aren't you like six six or something like that? Yeah, six five. Yeah, actually, I'm shrinking a little bit though. So uh, I, you, I think I'm like six four and three quarters now. So <laughs> if you were if you were dyslexic, would be the same height, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so did you grow up in uh, the steamboat area, or where did you grow up? Uh, no, I, I grew up in the Midwest. Okay. Um, close to oh, yeah, you're, uh, where you're, you're Ohio. at. Mm-hmm. I grew up uh, just south of the Michigan border in Ohio, between um, Toledo and Bowling Green, if everybody knows where that oh, is. Yeah. Uh, basically in the farm fields out there. It's funny, I, I grew up in the sticks, basically, and uh, I got a buddy who is from Nebraska, but he's from like Omaha. He's from like a big city. And everyone always talks like, oh, you're from like the cornfields in Nebraska, you big hillbilly. And <laughs> no one ever says that to me, even though I actually grew up in the cornfields. And yeah. he grew up in a city. And he's like, why is everyone giving me shit about this? Just because <laughs> I'm from Nebraska. But uh, yeah, so I grew up out there. And then I went to college um, at Northern Michigan University, which is in uh, the UP, way up there. And yeah. uh, did that for a while. After college, I moved to Cincinnati for a couple of years hanging out with my my brother lives there and then uh i was actually going to teach english in south korea and in the meantime a friend of mine from college uh mr reed belmonte who i've recently talked into doing comedy with us uh he as basically that's how i keep growing the seeds. i just pester all of my friends until they give it a shot it's yeah working out pretty well um <laughs> But uh, he was like, hey, before you go to uh, Korea, you should come hang out with me in Glacier National Park in Montana. And I was like, okay. I had a couple months to kill. And I moved out there and fell in love with it. And in the meantime, the South Korea thing fell through, to make a long story short. Uh. And that was where I met this uh, really cool community of people. And it was it was this seasonal work kind of scene. Like a lot of people uh, work the national park circuits and stuff. And there's a big group of us that would spend every summer in uh, Glacier National Park. And then every winter here in Steamboat Springs, like a pipeline Uh going back and forth. And Uh I did that for five years. Uh, And it was great. I love Glacier National Park. If you ever get a chance to go, it's way the hell out in the middle of nowhere, but it's, it's just the best. It's it's the most beautiful country on earth. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. I miss it every day. But yeah. uh um I kind of got sick of my the company I was working for there and 
also in the meantime, this comedy thing kind of started here and I was like, I'm just going to live in steamboat year round. So now I've been here for two years straight. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a great little town. It's got that same kind of seasonal vibe where, you know, in the spring and the fall, we call it mud season, if you will. Uh-huh. Everything kind of shuts down. It slows down. Um, it's really cool spot, man. It's, it's a great town. It's beautiful. The summer too. Everyone comes here for the winter for the skiing, but in the summer, there's a lot to do outside. It's really green. Uh, everyone floats the river downtown. Um, mm. And occasionally they do stand up comedy. Yeah, that's that's cool. It's amazing how many comics come from small towns. It, it, it's just it just seems like that's a common denominator for so many comics. Your small town, there was a cornfield. I mean, that, that's exactly what I had. So it's 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 neat to see that. Um, as far as comedy is concerned, so when you f- first started doing stand up, it was there in Steamboat, right? No, well, the first time I did stand up was in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Okay, Ann Arbor, Michigan. All right. Yeah, yeah. I uh, home of Bob Seger. Is it really? I didn't even yeah. know that. Yeah, grew up, <laughs> grew up in Ann Arbor. Yep. <laughs> nice. I thought I grew up in Scatman Do, but I guess uh, <laughs> guess I don't know. But um, no, my my girlfriend uh is in grad school there. Okay. Uh, she has been for several years, and I I skipped out on one winter to move to Ann Arbor with her um, just to kind of give the whole like regular world a shot again. And it fell through. I, I couldn't stand it. I had to be somewhere that, you know, where everyone is a derelict like here, but, uh, (laughs) but there was a comedy club there and it would, it had been something I'd always thought about, but I was always living in these random remote locations. And so Mm. I, I never really had a chance to do it. And we, we went to an open mic uh, and watched it. And, you know, it's one of those things where um, there's some good people and some bad people. And you think to yourself, like, well, you know, like even if I completely eat shit, I'll at least be better than that guy was. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, what do I really have to lose? Yeah. And so, uh, so I went up there and uh, it went really well. And I was like, this is great. I invited out some friends I was working with there at the time and got some good responses. And then uh, I ended up moving back to Steamboat. And uh, that's when that the random Facebook post happened. And I was like, it was actually a friend of mine had known that I had done it and he tagged me in it. Mm. And so then I got on board with that and met all these people. And uh, the rest is history, as they yeah, say. That's cool. Now, uh Growing up, what were who were your comedy influences? Who were the ones that made you want to do that? Um, I mean the 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 urge just to be funny was a combination of my dad and uh, Jim Carrey, probably, okay. <laughs> and uh, maybe a little Mike Myers and um, uh, uh, Farley those kind of people yeah. just always like that. I was just like, you know, making my friends laugh. And, uh, I was into performing. I was really into acting as a kid. I used to do a lot of theater, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then life just kind of happened and, uh, you know, you go to college, you get through the motions, but, um, I kind of, that all went away, uh, or at least was dormant for a while. And then it came back out after college, uh, when I when I got a chance to do some stand up in Ann Arbor, I mean, several years later, I didn't do my first. It, it was uh, the week 
after my 29th birthday. Okay. So, but then like influences, I mean, those are some of my favorites. I'm a big fan of like uh, Doug Stanhope or like actual stand up comedy. Uh, Stanhope, I was always like George Carlin, even when I was a kid. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't super into stand up comedy as a kid just because it wasn't uh, really prevalent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was more just like, like comedic actors and Saturday Night Live and that kind of thing. Yeah, the whole heyday uh, of stand up kind of, you know, that was like 82 to 89. That's, you know, that's mm-hmm. when every that's when Seinfeld came up and Leno mm-hmm. and all those folks came up during during that time and then, you know, it was kind of a vast wasteland for a while, but that's when that's when all the comedy the comedy clubs actually started sprouting up after the heyday. Uh, and they were, you know, they were too late. The, the big comedy clubs obviously were there, but these small ones like the, um, oh, what did we have? We, we had a, we didn't have a Zanies. We had a, um, it was like a laugh comedy. It, it, it was a franchise comedy club and, and it went on for a few years and I saw some good comics there, but you know, it just wasn't sustainable because they, had these giant rooms that they had to pay for and pay for the um, comic and pay for the booze and all that kind of stuff. And it just, it just wasn't something that was sustainable. And then, then we started getting comedy in smaller rooms around here and that, that works a lot better. So it's, it's, it's kind of a weird evolution that uh, it's not so much the club stuff anymore as you, you're going to find comedy at a brewery. You're going to find it, um, at, at a, a bar, a VFW, you know, you're going to find it all those places now instead of a dedicated comedy club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. I mean, there's definitely still the, the best places to go are some of the dedicated ones, but I think, uh, uh, a lot of, a lot of places are just a lot of like eager young comedians, which is basically what we're doing here. will just be like, Hey, you know, I'm going to go to the bar down the street and say, do you guys want to do comedy on Thursdays? And mm-hmm. then the, the bar's like, sure, we got basically nothing to lose. And then they organize it and that kind of thing. I feel like that's that's just so much easier than having to have a dedicated club and, yeah. you know, investing in it. So it kind of makes sense to have that kind of organic growth in that kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I've 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 kicked around the idea of like maybe someday we'll start a comedy club here in Steamboat, and then I'm like, who the hell is gonna be there? <laughs> like, <laughs> like I got like six people that I have to beg just to come to open mic here half the time. And uh, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, we have good turnouts most of the time, but like you know, in the mud season month, I'll be like, hey, you guys, anybody come in? And it'll be me doing 45 minutes and some <laughs> guy I picked out of the crowd. Um, but. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so, so for your kind of scene, um, is it all mics that you're running yourself, or what is that like, or where do you go? So we have a uh, a comedy club that is part of a um, a bar diner. It's called the Drop Comedy Club, and what okay. they did is they built a room on, and they've got curtains and stuff like that, and it seats. I, I think they can do like maybe up to 80 people, 70 or 80 people in there. Um, if they take the tables out and just put chairs and mm-hmm. you know, they, they get some pretty, pretty, 
big name comedians. They get a lot from Chicago because we're so close to Chicago. But you know, I've seen Stuart Huff there. Um, I think uh, I think Bob Zaney's done that one. I, I mean, they get they they get really really good ones and then really good up and coming ones. So you get a real good variety. So they've got that. And then I've put on a few shows myself. Um, you mentioned shit show. Mine were, mine have all been pretty much shit shows. <laughs> uh, they, I mean, I guess I, I did have one that had a, a really good turnout. And my, my thing is, is I want some of these comics that haven't experienced getting paid to understand what it means to get paid. So I always do five bucks at the door and um, I split, split stuff up equally between them. And uh, that way they can go away with something. I mean, you know, it's been 15 bucks and up to 30 bucks and that's it. But you know uh, it's, it's something and they know what it, what it means to get paid because I think that's what comics forget to ask sometimes. And they think that, you know, they're, 10 or 20 minutes on stage isn't worth anything. But when you think about all the work that you put in to get that tight 10, tight 20, um, that's a lot of hours. So you should get paid. Sure. I mean, if it was up to me, I'd get paid a whole bunch every time I do. Comedy, yep. right? It doesn't always work that way. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, we, we have had some shows where we've charged at the door and it's, it's still had good attendance. Um, and uh, but usually, I mean, I, I usually so sink so much money into promotions and things like that, that at the end of the day, we only make a few bucks. And, um, most of the guys around here are pretty understanding and they're like, just put it towards, you know, like new equipment or new, uh, like trying to get people out here. Mm-hmm. Everyone's, anyone's pretty much on board, especially, and it's one of these things too, that like right before the Corona hit, we were kind of starting to get on like more of like a consistent, um, we're all actually bringing in a little revenue from what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that all kind of crashed. I, the, the last, we did a two shows right before the pandemic hit the town here. It was a, I did a show. I had two lined up for a Thursday and a Friday. We had a Thursday. It was a free. We tried to do a, a, a storytelling show. It was like in the style of uh, this is not happening. Um, like if you know the comedy central show, yep. Which we actually, in one of the podcasts, the one we did with uh, Sean Patton, he was coming through and we hit him up. We actually called Ari Shafir on the phone at the end and he was like, we like got his blessing to use it. It was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was just like in a green room. He's like, yeah, what do you want? Yeah, sure. Maybe Comedy Central will pick you up. Bye. <laughs> like, yeah, we talked to Ari Shafir. <laughs> so we did that and it had a great turnout, but then... Um, I said that was right when shit was starting to get crazy. And then Friday, the next day we had a show and uh, I charged 10 bucks at the door and uh, we only sold 19 tickets, uh, which normally this venue will, it will max at about a hundred people. Yeah. Um, and so that was just a big bummer. And it was, nobody wanted to go outside. I ended up losing my ass on the money on that. After I, I paid a bunch of comics from Denver to come up. Um, so it's, it's for me, it's like, I'd like to pay everyone, but, uh, breaking even sometimes is a little difficult, Yeah, you know? So, and as long as everybody that you're working with is on board, uh, you know, I, the, the reason why I want these, 
Yeah, I mean, these are just kids. I mean, these guys are, some of them are, you know, barely 21. And I I just want them to understand that, you know, they've got some worth and um, I don't need any money. So I want them to get some money and I know people. So if I can get people to to let me do it and get people to come, then then I can bring them up. So that's, that, that's the whole thing that I'm trying to do. And I did sure. one. It was really cool. I hired a guy to um, a, a professional videographer and I did a showcase and I gave everybody 10 minutes and I um, had him uh, do separate videos for each comic and uh, high quality stuff. And then I um, got those chopped up and put into a OneDrive and gave it to all of them. And instead of paying them, I paid him. And, you know, I made just enough to pay him. <laughs> I think I had to kick in like five bucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now they've got a, they've got a high quality video that they can send to clubs and stuff. And that's great. And a lot of them probably would have had to pay a good chunk of money to do that on their own anyway. So, yeah. you know, if just doing, if just doing good material will pay for someone recording a good material, I'd say that's a win-win. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The, the bad part was they recorded me too. And I, I just did a shit job. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a waste. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. We try, I try to record most things that we do. Um, there is on steamboatcomedy.com. Uh, there's a couple of our live shows that are recorded on there. We did, um, we did, one at the chief theater last summer. So there's a, a public was, well, I guess it's not technically public, but a uh, mostly public theater downtown. that fits about 140 people, mm-hmm. actually about 150. And we did a free show there last summer and sold the place out. Uh, and they're bringing in extra chairs. And I paid a guy to film that one and it was totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, we all kind of pitched in. Uh, and so that's great. And so now, uh, everyone who was in that show can direct their family and everyone to the website and watch their bits. And we, I just uploaded a couple more. We did a, a show on new year's Eve um, that the theater actually organized themselves. And uh, they just kind of contracted us, each of us 50 bucks to be in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was another sold out one. It was awesome. And then, uh, oh, I think on my phone. Away. And uh we just finally got the recordings of that. So all of that's on uh, the YouTube page too. So it's, we've had pretty good luck with getting our stuff recorded. Um, and I've been trying to do that's another kind of draw to try to get more people in like, Hey, you can show your friends that you did it. Yeah. That kind of thing, you know, yeah. cause it doesn't really cost anything as long as you already got the camera, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. So if somebody comes to see you do comedy, what, what should we expect out of your act? Um, some amateur bullshit. I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I, my, my personal act is kind of more, uh, um, I wouldn't say that it's, it like toes the line of being clean, but it's not, you know, mm-hmm. like I could, I could probably keep it relatively clean. It's a lot of like, uh, I do, I talk a lot about like relationship stuff, kind of like, observational some storytelling stuff like that um that's more of my wheelhouse i'm not i'm not great on the one-liners we got uh 
uh, a guy who comes and does a lot of our shows, a guy named Matt Newland mm. around here. Hilarious guy. And he is really good. He does the real like quiet kind of like not one liners, but like maybe like two liners. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Great with the setup and the punchline. And he's got a great dry delivery. And uh, I like that kind of humor, but it's just not, it's not natural for me. It's not my kind of style. Yeah. You know, I'm more of, I'm more of a uh, storyteller and I like to kind of like get animated. Um, I do, uh, I do a bit about uh, girls who go to the gym and only work out their butts. Uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> which I don't know if you've seen, I just call them butt girls. They're yeah. everywhere. And um <laughs> I, I'll get up on stage and I kind of do all the motions of all the ass exercises they do and things. Uh, like that. I like I like being silly and falling down and and shit like that. Uh, you know? What about you? Yeah, What's your style like? That sounds good. Um, actually, very close to the same. I mean, a lot of mine's relationship stuff and uh, raising kids stuff. I'm actually the funny thing is is during this virus stuff, I I don't know if you had the same trouble I had, but it, it's hard to write because you don't see an end to it and you don't see any reason to do it. So, so I'm actually forcing myself every morning to write out some of those one and two liners, uh, just so that I'm doing something and I'll do, I'll, I'll do like, um, uh, pull up the USA today site and just do stuff on the news and stuff like that. Uh, and, I've, I'll never use it, but I've done a couple Zoom mics where I did that, and it actually went okay. So I, you know, I'm doing that. But my real stuff is really the same as you. It's stories. It's, uh, you know, I've been with my wife for 37 years, and I've got two kids that are grown. So I've got that stuff, and I am starting to write a little bit about my childhood and stuff like that too. But um, I'm, I'm clean, uh, and I'm. The funny thing is, is you know, I cuss a lot as a, as a regular, you know, the, uh, the autocorrect on my phone, um, if I type the word FN, fuck just comes up now. So that, right. <laughs> that's, that's the way I text, but, uh, I've always, um, thought that I should be clean on stage just because of the way I look. Um, because I, I don't look like a guy who would talk dirty. I look like a pharmacist or a, a basketball <laughs> coach or something. So, um, well, you could be like Bob Sagan and just throw everyone a curveball, you know? Yeah. Got I mean? yeah. <laughs> you the dad on that show. And he's up there yeah. talking about <laughs> fisting and whatever nasty shit he talks about. Yeah. But, it's funny, I you know, the comics around here will give each other notes, and I've got a bit where I talk about my wife and I, somebody says we don't have anything in common. I talk about what we have in common. And, um, I, I mix a lot of young language with old language. So, um, I, I said, we don't front and I go into, you know, she don't front, I don't front. And, uh, one of the comics said, uh, you should really punctuate that with, yeah, we don't fuck around. And I tried it a couple times and it went really well but I didn't feel like it, it fit. It didn't fit my image. So I had to lose that. And it's, mm-hmm. it's always there in my back pocket, but it, 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 I just don't feel good about, um, inserting that, um, when I've been clean the whole time. So sure. Yeah. You can do a little mix of the old and new and be like, these whippersnappers don't fuck around. You know? I, you know, <laughs> and that's one of the things I'm doing. I'm just looking for words. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, sometimes you just got to throw shit out and see what sticks. Yeah. Um, 
uh, but yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's good, uh, being clean or at least writing clean and you could always like dirty it up, sprinkle a little dirt on there, mm. but it gives you, is I, I actually talked to, um, our last two podcasts ago talking with our buddy, Pat Truer, mm. uh, just being clean or having the option of it just opens so many doors yeah. for you. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a good habit to get into. And then if you're in, you know, a, a club with a bunch of young kids and they're, you know, rowdy frat boys, and you can always be like, fucking right. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Dirty words. And, uh, and switch it up is easy to do. It's easier to do that than the other way around. Than yeah. trying to clean up a dirty act. The the thing is is everybody wants to be true to themselves and I think you can I think you can approach um like tough subjects uh, uh and still stay clean. And hmm. um you know you, you can do sex, you can you, you can uh do racism, you can do you know everything everything that's going on today, you can do that and stay clean hmm. or you can go the other way and just you know go on a total tirade and you use all the words and mm-hmm. you know uh both of them are great uh none of them offend us uh and but you know it's it's just what you choose to do sure yeah you got to find your voice i mean that's that's really part of what it's about i uh i it's funny i was um who was it we were just talking the other day and somebody was asking me you're kind of like oh what what comic do you compare yourself to and that kind of thing? And I just don't, um, uh, I don't know. I, I never think about writing anything in any voice other than my own, which mm-hmm. I guess sounds kind of cheesy, but it's like, you know, like I'm not doing a character when I'm yeah. on stage, I'm just being myself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I don't even know what it is because I don't always know what it looks like from the outside other than when I like watch it later. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I don't know the the whole like like finding your voice is one thing, but the whole like doing a character thing was always kind of foreign to me, outside of like that, an impersonation. Right, you know? and the problem with that is it's you know it's great if it works. So, you know, let's bring Larry the Cable Guy in. So you know, yeah, that worked for him, but that's the only thing he can be now. And you you know you just know that he gets sick of saying get her done and and <laughs> i would hope so i'm uh, sick of it yeah <laughs> and yeah but that, that's you know that's that's comedy for the masses and, and you know he obviously you know i guess if i was at his stage when he started and i found out i could um you know buy a couple houses and boats and all that kind of stuff by saying get her done i might do it too so. <laughs> yeah i mean it's hard to it's one of those things people can shit on Larry the Cable Guy, but it's like, yeah, he's also like a multimillionaire and everyone yeah. loves him and he does commercials and movies and stuff. So it's like, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> is he really doing it wrong? I don't think he is. Yeah. He's doing just fine. <laughs> yeah. And Carrot Tops had a show in Vegas for how many years? You know, he's, oh, you know, he's, he's got so much money. He doesn't know what to do with it. I would love the last time I was in Vegas, I tried really hard to see Carrot Top because I've heard his show is so great, but it was sold out. I couldn't see it. Me and my yeah. dad were going to see it. And we waited too long. It was sold out like two days ahead of time. Did you um, get a chance to see Penn and Teller when you were there? No, God, I wish. Yeah, no, that... I, didn't, I didn't get to see any comedy in Vegas. Yeah. I wanted to see I, any of those guys plus uh, 
the amazing Jonathan has been there forever, and I've heard yeah. that his act is just the best. Did you watch his documentary? No, I heard about it though. He's a wild man. Yeah, it's on Hulu, and you know the, the guy that did the documentary. You know, he was with him for a few years on on doing that, and you know he's supposed to be you know dying of cancer, and you know it turns out that that may not be the case. Um, and he's just, he's just saying that to, um, get sympathy or whatever, but man, man. He, he's done, he's done more cocaine in his life than, um, I think, uh, 30 other people who did a lot of cocaine <laughs> <laughs> to be in the cocaine Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's the cure for cancer is you just <laughs> douse it in cocaine every day. Who yeah. Knows? yeah. Wow. Yeah, I've I, I've been meaning to see that. I've uh, I've heard good things about it. Um, but yeah, I I haven't seen a lot of big acts in person. Uh, I saw I saw Mark Norman in Ann Arbor. He was great. Um, that was before I really even knew who he was too. Uh, I was really bummed. Uh, Sean Patton came through town, and everybody got to see him, but me. I got to hang out with him, which was cool. But I didn't just see him until. I saw a little bit of his stuff online, but I had to work mm. that night and all my friends went and hung out with him and got to see his show. Um, yeah, I'm just hoping to bring more people here. Just find yeah. the famous people I like and be like, come here, and then I can watch you. Yeah, that's <laughs> you cool. Know? Yeah, you need, um, if you got a Twitter account, tw- uh, tweet to Norman that he needs to do my podcast. I've been bugging him. I even put a video together to come on, and he he's dodging me. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, he's one of the ones. Uh, I word on the street is that Norman likes to ski, so I'm going to try to maybe oh. coax him out here at some point in time. Yeah, there you we'll go. <laughs> <laughs> I have to bring you out too. Yeah, it's great that you do the podcast there because uh, what once you snare them, then you can corner them to do the podcast too. <laughs> yeah, I mean it usually works out fine. We're like you know, because there's not like there's. I don't want to say there's not a lot to do here because there is. There's there's a lot of cool stuff to do here. But if you get done skiing and you're just hanging out waiting to go to a bar at night, I'll just be like, hey, you want to come be on my podcast for an hour, yeah. half an hour? And like, uh-huh. sure. And I just got, I just, uh, I basically set my my room up here to be a uh, 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 studio with. I got like soundproof tiles and I got a green screen for shooting some videos and things. Mm. I got some projects coming up. Um, so yeah, we're like, come on over. We'll give you a beer. We can talk for thirty minutes. And most of them are like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. So uh, works out pretty well. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Um, as far as uh, what you've got going on, as far as social media and stuff like that, where where can people find the Steamboat Comedy page and all that? Sure. Um, we have a Twitter, but. Uh, no one updates it by no one. I mean, I don't update it, uh, but there's, we have uh steamboatcomedy.com is, is uh, the website uh, that links to our YouTube page and a lot of other things. Mm. Um, YouTube page is good, but we pretty, pretty active on uh, Instagram, especially and our Facebook page. If you want to find our events and stuff too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just, it's all at steamboat comedy. Okay. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And the podcast Instagram- is everywhere too. Yeah, I found that Instagram's really kind of the the big deal now. It seems yeah. seems to be the one that gets the most uh, likes and people actually see the stuff. Yeah, it's just it's it's um very digestible if you yeah. will. Like it's 
it's it doesn't take a lot to update. You just take a silly picture. It's easy to get stuff out. It's easy yeah. for people to just look at it, and be like, oh, and they get everything they need, and then scroll to the next dopamine hit. You know, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, Instagram is probably what we do the most. Um, and then if there's like more like announcements, that kind of thing is going to be on uh, the Facebook page as well. Mm. Cool. I just like the Facebook page today. I found it and liked it. Well, thank you, sir. What about you? Where can our listeners uh, find your stuff? Um, I'm at, well, first of all, I'm on all the apps and I'm on the btbpc.com because I couldn't get the behind the bits uh, uh, URL because somebody already had it. They didn't have a website, but they had it. So it's the btbpc.com. And that links to all my socials. Uh, everything is um, at behind the bits, except for my Twitter is the btbpc. So, um, and I'm, I'm pretty active on all of them. I actually, right now I'm combining the behind the bits YouTube. I'm putting this stuff on there and I'm also putting on some of my uh, comedy stuff too. Nice. Cool, man. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing it and checking it out. I, uh, the last uh, podcast you did, double check those guys' names. Um, oh, I mean, it was the, the one before that with uh, uh, Big Bova and Big Earn, those guys. Yeah. They, they were funny. Those are yeah. funny dudes. Yeah. I really like that podcast. That took a shitload of editing, I'll tell you, uh, because everybody was cutting out. Yeah, I, I had, I had like, 30 seconds of silence and that that one, it was it was i had about an hour and a half recorded and i think i took it down to like 48 minutes uh by the time i edited out everything you couldn't hear <laughs> mm-hmm. oh geez yeah i definitely spent a lot of time editing podcasts i don't as much anymore i'm just like because i used to go through and like cut out all the ums and the likes and even yep. all of that stuff yep. but now i don't give a shit so people can hear me say um you know yep. that's how i talk the They're worst the worst in. was uh oh, I, I tried to uh we invited our buddy Robbie Bernstein from New York. He came out here to do a show, did a podcast with us, but we we didn't do it until after our big show. We did it like midnight because he's leaving the next morning. Mm. We're all hammered. And I started trying to talk politics and just random shit. And I I swear to God, I've I've never wanted to like hurt myself so badly <laughs> as the next day listening to it again i was like yeah. i am such a fucking idiot and yeah. I, I, I probably cut out at least an hour of it it was uh, so at least i mean it felt like an hour it's probably only 20 minutes <laughs> god damn now, now i just try to be not hammered going in and then it saves me a lot afterwards, yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've i've cut i've cut some of my stuff out i very rarely cut out anything a guest says unless uh they ask me to but uh, yeah, I let it go. I have found this service called Descript um, that you can upload your podcast to, and it uh, does a uh, transcription, but it finds all the ums, and you can just delete them, and it's like one fell swoop. And, oh, shit. Yeah. That's pretty and nice. I, guess, I think it's only 10 bucks a month. I haven't actually subscribed yet. Um, I'm... Uh, actually doing free accounts because they give you two hours of uh, free stuff and I'm just doing free accounts with all my different emails right now. <laughs> there you go. Just make infinity emails behind yeah. the bits one, behind the bits two, behind the bits three. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. What would you say it was called again? Descript. Descript? Yeah, nice. it's D-E and script. And I, 
the funny thing is, is I, my, the first one I loaded in there, there was 348 ums. And I, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. So I'm oh, trying, um, I'm trying very hard not to say it anymore. <laughs> it's a, it's a habit I've been trying to, the ums and the likes. Likes, yep. when I listen to myself, especially as soon as you start to notice it, you can't unhear it and you'll hear people. I was I was just floating down the river and I passed this girl and she goes, she's like, like, uh, and it was like, you know, like, uh, and they liked it this and like, and like, it was like that. And I was like, I was like, there was more likes than there was not likes in that sentence. Right. Like, it's, yeah. it's insane. So, yeah, I've been trying really hard to cut those out, but it's, it's easier said than done. Yeah. We'll see. And the, the nice thing about that program is, you know, if you're getting any better or not, you know. Yeah. <laughs> If there you go. Less than 348, then I'm getting a little better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Had a goal to go down 20 yeah. likes per show. Yeah. That's the way to do it. <laughs> and I think they have updated it. Uh, there was an update that came up that you can highlight uh, certain words besides um. So it, it's it's worth it to check out because it spits out spits out the stuff and it's seamless. It doesn't even look like you edited the stuff out. And that's a lot easier than going through every second and saying, okay, I don't like this. I don't like that. And taking it out. Yes. But of course, if you did it there, you would just say, I don't this, I don't that. Yeah. So call you like so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ruin all your similes, turn them into metaphors. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, I got to get going, boss. Um, this has been great. Love yeah, it was great talking to you. Fun. Uh, yeah, and we'll send all the Steamboat Comedy listeners your way uh, behind the bits. Check it out. Um, like I was saying before, checking out your previous episodes. Really funny stuff. Uh, I got to check the one with Mark Masters, too. Uh, he's, a, he's a buddy. He uh, Every time we put out a podcast, he'll send me a text. He's like, oh, great job. So I'm like, thanks, Mark. And yeah. <laughs> I've been trying to direct people his way. Uh, he's just one of those guys. He's so enthusiastic about comedy. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great. You know what I mean? It's good energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's another one that started later in life, so that's cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How old did you say you were when you started? Fifty. That's pretty good. Nice round number. Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Fifty-six and not a whole lot better, but uh, I, I was getting there right before the Rona. Yeah. Right. Well. <laughs> When it comes down to it, you can always just blame coronavirus. That's yeah, no doubt. All right, <laughs> Kyle. Well, it was great talking to you. Thank you, Scott. We got to do this again. Just let me know anytime you want.